1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Hello and Happy New Year. Chris Malone from the 98.5 KTK Morning Show. Here is your recap for Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. Hope you had a great holiday season. Uh, started the show today with, uh, with a cautionary tale to make sure you're On your guard, if you're looking for a Wi-Fi hotspot, I mean, they're not as important as they were about a decade ago, mainly because uh, the cell phone companies, a lot of them have the uh, unlimited cell data plans. But there may be a time that you may need to hop onto Wi-Fi to do some downloading or some work, especially if you have a spotty cell signal. But um, a lot of times we tend to uh, rely on uh, Wi-Fi hotspot Finders, there's apps that will find hot spots for you. and we tend to think that those are going to be safe, but you you really don't want you don't want to be lured into a false sense of security. I mean, you really think about it if you look like you know on the on the drinking hole, the watering hole on the savanna, um, if you think of that as the Wi-Fi spot, you know the predators are going to be lurking in the in the background looking for you. So that's why uh, just kind of a reminder if you do hop into a hot spot that you uh, get into the good habit of not auto logging on and being logged in every time your computer is hooked up to the Wi-Fi, mainly because it's unsecured public, which means that somebody could actually hop in really quick and uh, get your login information. And, of course, that's just the first step of them stealing your identity and, and stuff like that. You don't want that really happening. Uh, make sure that you are always um, in a, a secure website when you visit websites. Um, you know, usually has a little lock symbol up in the address bar, or the uh, address has HTTPS. Instead of HTTP, obviously, if you're downloading the podcast, you know a little bit about that as well. But um, I thought it was really good to um, also log out of your sessions before you drop into a, um, a hotspot as well, and uh, never use your same password for multiple accounts. You keep going over and over with that, but just uh, they've they've already released the data. The same passwords that are stole over and over and over again are still being used by us, even in... 2023. Um, This was an interesting lawsuit, because I don't know if you know this or not, but there's actually government regulations. It's called the uh, Food Standards and Labeling Policy. It's been in effect for about 100 years, but basically says that, look, if I'm buying a can of chicken noodle soup, by God, there better be chicken and there better be noodles in the soup, not anything else. And if you're ever wondering, there has to be at least 4% chicken in soup to be considered chicken noodle soup. So... Keep that in mind where this story comes in or this lawsuit comes in because uh, a judge has agreed to let a lawsuit continue uh, that accuses the TGI Friday's mozzarella sticks snacks contain no mozzarella cheese and instead are all made of cheddar. Now, I'm not talking about the mozzarella sticks that TGI Friday sells uh, at their stores or even in the frozen food area. I'm talking about a mozzarella cheese snack snack. That is found in the potato chip and um, uh, snack aisle. And it actually isn't made by T.J.I. Fridays. It's made by a company called InVenture Foods. And w- how this has come up is uh, a lady in Illinois says that she was shopping and found the uh, the mozzarella uh, stick snacks. And she noticed that it says mozzarella cheese right on the top, front and notices even the description. Quote, each mozzarella snack stick is loaded with genuine flavors of mozzarella cheese. In a variety of savory seasonings. Tend to th- that would lead me to think that there's mozzarella cheese in the cheese snacks. But if you look at the ingredients, it's not mozzarella. It's cheddar cheese. And she has started a class action lawsuit. Um Inventure Foods is stating uh, a couple of things. One of them stating that, look, uh, this person kind of seeks lawsuits. That's how they make money. But hey, that's the law. They have to follow it. But uh, I thought that was interesting to say their, their defense that it's, quote, well-established that a single statement on a product's label cannot be taken as being totally made of that item. And I guess that's what it's really going to boil down to. It didn't say mozzarella-flavored snacks. It said mozzarella snack uh, stick snacks. So it didn't say it was even flavored. So we'll find out what this happens uh, to find out. The judges ruled that TGI Fridays be removed because they just licensed their name. Um, you know, they can't really be accountable for what, uh, what happens there. Um, and to the fact that TGI Fridays does serve mozzarella cheese and their mozzarella sticks that they serve at their restaurants. But I did find this one interesting. I don't know if you remember back in 2018, there was a, class, a very similar lawsuit against Canada Dry, in particular, their ginger ale. Uh, Because the package claims that it was, um, the lawsuit claimed that the package was misleading because it said, quote, made from real ginger. But if you looked on the ingredients label, there was no ginger at all. And that led me to find out that I believe Seagram's is the only one that uses ginger. And by the way, it's the last ingredient, so that means it's the smallest amount being used. Anyways, the Canada Dry ginger ale lawsuit ended with, um, with, with the cash payout to the lawsuit. And uh, Canada Dry had to take off the made-from-real ginger uh, labeling on the product. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with these mozzarella cheese snacks. Um, we did a little uh, uh, walk down memory lane today, uh, mainly because 23 years ago, we all were breathing a sigh of relief that Y2K didn't turn out to be so bad. Planes didn't fall from the air. Um, you know, power was on. Uh, the ATMs worked. Um, and I thought it was be kind of interesting to go back down memory lane to find out what we were doing 23 years or 24 years ago. Um, as we were getting ready for this. Of course, you remember the whole thing, and if you don't, I'll go through it and bore you with it. Um, (laughs) Back when computers were were made in the mid portion of the 20th century, there wasn't a lot of memory available. So in order to save memory, they indicated the two years... I uh, used uh, two digits for the year instead of four digits. So the idea was is that when we rolled from December 31st, 1999 to January 1st, 2000, the computer th- would think that we went from uh, December 31st, 1999 to January 1st, 1900. And we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if it was going to be pandemonium or everything would be fine. So in preparation of this, we had to go through all the, the rigor or more to say that everything was going to be uh, be prepared for it. Uh, One prediction from Doomsday Sayers was that uh, these highly computerized airplanes that we fly on would fail to operate because the computers would be confused of the year and they would literally fall from the sky. It was such a big concern that uh, airplane maker Airbus actually made a test flight in early 1999, which the pilots set the airplane's clocks ahead to see what would happen when we turn to the new year. Obviously, everything was fine because we don't recall any sort of Y2K plane crash Caused by computers, Um, another prediction that we had was that the nine one one emergency system would fail, um, mainly because uh, back in August of nineteen ninety nine, only thirty seven percent of the nation's nine one one call centers were Y two K compliant, made us a little bit nervous. And there really wasn't any report of widespread outages. There may have been some isolated issues with the nine-one-one systems, but at least for the city of New York, they said that uh, uh, they were bombarded with uh, with calls on January first, two thousand, not for emergencies, but people calling just to see if the nine-one-one system was working. Uh, we worried about our banking system would fall. As to why two K, the rush of people pulling out cash months ahead of two thousand resulted in the Federal Reserve printing about $50 billion extra banknotes, $50 billion in extra banknotes, I should say, to meet the demand. And then one prediction that at the time sounded crazy, but sounds more like it could happen because of the COVID pandemic. It involves our wonderful friend, the toilet paper roll. There was a doomsday uh, by the name of uh, Gary North. He predicted that we should stockpile toilet paper just in case uh, you might need it for personal need but because one of the biggest fears of Y2K was the collapse of infrastructure meaning that certain items would be more valuable than the other and as we found out <laughs> during the pandemic people really put their safe bets in stockpiling and toilet paper
1: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
2: All right, the cold and flu season is here, and once uh, again it brings up the big debate, does colder temperatures actually um, cause people to catch cold? I mean, we tend to think it would because we call it a cold, and we would tend to think they came because of the cold temperatures, but what we have found out, there is really uh, nothing true about that at all. Also, one of the things that we would worry about, uh, especially our parents, and maybe even you telling your kids, is that you need to bundle up because it's cold outside. Um, and that necessarily isn't true, or at least the direct connection is not there. But let's go over this with you, okay? Uh, the common cold is a catch-all term for a lot of viruses. And we have to keep in mind that that's what causes the flu and coronavirus and anything else. It's a virus. It's not necessarily that they come out during the cold, but generally when it's colder outside, we tend to huddle in masses Indoors. So that makes it a little bit easier for the virus to jump from one person to another. Instead of dealing with nine feet, we're dealing with six or nine inches to somebody. Uh, The other thing to consider is that colder air doesn't hold as much moisture. And one of our biggest lines of defense in our nose, in our mouth, and even in our eyes is mucous membranes. Well, as humidity goes down, those actually kind of shrink like a sponge that doesn't have any water, and that just might allow a little bit of these small viruses to get into our body. But with the cold thing, why it's not a direct link between the two, we're going to talk about our immune system again. Our immune system works when, works best when the temperature is constant. Constant hot, constant cold, constant room temperature, it's when it works the best. So if you're jumping from a constant warm temperature of room temperature to cold, that actually taxes our immune system, and therefore, could lax, uh, could allow a virus to kind of sneak past it. So, not necessarily it's if you wearing uh, not wearing enough warm clothes when it's cold outside. The fact that our immune system isn't really ready for it, and that is the big difference. Talking about keeping our toilet brush uh, from dripping everywhere. Look, no one likes cleaning the toilet. We know that the toilet brush is the unsung hero has a really nasty job of being clean uh, cleaning the toilet but let's be honest, it also drips all over a floor and it's kind of nasty. So I thought this was a pretty cool little hack that uh, prevents this from happening and basically it's allowing your your uh, toilet brush to drip dry over the toilet bowl. The idea is that uh, once you've rinsed off with a flush or two of your toilet brush is to let the bristles hang over the bowl part and then take the handle part and sandwich it between the bowl and the seat, even putting the seat and lid on top of the handle to kind of let it drip dry for a few minutes or an hour or two to the point where it's not going to be dripping all over your floor or when you pick it out of its container that you see the little pool of water at the bottom. I mean, kind of a great little thing that we never really thought about. And then finally, we talked about the most ordered food in 2022, at least according to Grubhub, that found out that Oddly enough, burritos were the most requested food sold through the app from January through November of 2022. A big jump from where it was last year, number eight on the list. Number two on the slot was the cheeseburger followed by cheese pizza, uh, pad thai, number four, and chicken quesadilla on the fifth, or the fifth most, uh, fifth most item for us to order Online. That's it for the show today, Tuesday, January third, twenty twenty-three. Of course, I always welcome your comments and feedback. you can email me at Chris Malone at Odyssey.com. That's C-M-A-L-O-N-E at A-U-D-A-C-Y.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name your price tool from Progressive.